0: Welcome to the Coaching for African Women podcast. My name is Sendai and I'm a certified Neurotransformational Life Coach. On this podcast, we'll be discussing issues that affect us as African women. Together with my guest coaches, we'll be providing coaching advice on a variety of topics, including personal development, emotional and mental well-being, careers, relationships, and many more. Please note, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Hey Queens, welcome to session one. Thank you so much for joining us this week. So this week we are talking about self-awareness. And I'll be joined by an awesome guest coach, Kanye Samnyaka. Kanye is a clarity and liberation coach. I met Kanye at a coaching convention, and our souls really connected. Just like myself, she's very passionate about coaching African women, and you guys are going to love her. So today we are talking about self-awareness. I wanted us to start by focusing on the self because I now know that knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom we usually identify our existence with our position in society our friends our children our family and the needs and desires of our body for example we might say i'm a mother of two or i'm a nurse and i live in lagos or i was born in zimbabwe we rarely take time to contemplate the real nature of our existence to ask this question who am i My family call me Maitashi because my son's middle name is Tashinga. The day that I gave birth to my son, Tendai was dead to my family. And this seems to be a lot in our African culture. Our identity seems to be based on who you are married to to as opposed to who you are or how many children you have as opposed to who you are as a woman. I want you guys to try this challenge. Think about describing yourself to another person without mentioning anything about the external things that are in your life. Don't mention your friends, your family, what you study, what you do for work. Just concentrate on yourself, how you feel, how you behave, perhaps recognize some of your strengths and weaknesses. I was waiting for your response. Did you manage to explore your thoughts and feelings and your behaviors? So self-awareness to me means having conscious knowledge of your own thoughts and your feelings. Self-awareness is about learning to better understand why you feel what you feel and why you behave in a particular way. Once you begin to understand this concept, you then have the opportunity and freedom to change things about yourself that you do not like and enable yourself to create the life that you want. It's almost impossible to change and become self-accepting if you're unsure as to who you are. Having clarity about who you are and what you want can be the most empowering thing and it will give you the confidence you need to make the changes that you want in your life. We spend our lives focused on what we think is acceptable by our parents and then when you get married you're trying to please your husband your husband's family you know religion comes there and culture comes there we hardly think about what we want for ourselves and we hardly have time to embrace who we are. When I was growing up one of my dad's favorite phrase was which is a Zulu phrase which means that a person is a person through other people. And this is this seems to be the norm in the African setting and because of this our thoughts and how we tend to act is driven by how others perceive us rather than how we perceive ourselves and this may be the reason why we tend to focus too much on this why we don't focus too much on the self as a society. African culture focuses on interdependence which is why most Africans tend to seek approval from others and build identities similar to those that are around them. Our culture does not promote individualism at all so when we are faced with life decisions we tend to deeply rooted traditions and obligations and if you look in contrast to the other side of the world the western culture encourages people on being individual being unique is really embraced in the african in the in the western world but in africa self esteem seems to be based on your capacity to prioritize the needs of others in order for you to fit in and i remember when i was growing up my dad like i said would always say you know how will people think how will people what will people say about this and I think that is why we tend to act the way we tend to act we are always thinking about what other people are gonna think about us what will my parents think if I divorce what will people think if I don't go to university what will people think what will people what will people what will people and this really stops us from being more self-aware and doing what we love So, there are many benefits to having self-awareness and I'm just going to list some of them here. The first one is you are better able to deal with stress. Part of self-awareness is knowing what triggers you to feel stressed, angry or defensive. Knowing your triggers means you can respond to and be more calmly when they come up. Like I mentioned to you guys in uh, the last uh, week's uh, podcast, I suffer from anxiety. And for a long time I didn't know what my triggers were I didn't know why I would suddenly start itching I didn't know why I would suddenly have panic attacks and that's because I I lacked self-awareness but now I know what happens when I do certain things I know what happens when I'm not happy I know what happens when people say certain things so because I have more self awareness I know my triggers and I know not to put myself in situation that I'm not comfort I'm not comfortable in another advantage of being self-aware is it's very important for your personal growth You need to know and love who you are because you can know and before you can know and love yourself so you need to know what makes you happy what makes you sad what drives you what demotivates you what motivates you what inspires you that way you will be able to tap into your inner self and improve your personal growth whether it's for your career whether it's for your mental health, whatever it is that you want growth in. You need to be self-aware before you can tr- you can truly achieve growth. Self-awareness is also good for your relationships. It helps you to have better relationship with people. When I look back at my life, I was married when I was 23. And I can only say I fully started knowing myself when I was 40. So in that marriage, I was... Expecting someone to know me and love me, but I didn't even know who I was so When you have less self-awareness It's easier for you to get defensive in your interactions with people which is a recipe for disaster in any type of relationship You can't expect anyone to love you if you don't even know who you are so you need to spend some time knowing who you are before you can start to look for others to love you another advantage for being self-aware is you communicate better the more you know who you are and what you want the easier it is to communicate it clearly to others and self-awareness can also improve your moods and behavior our moods and how we tend to feel hour by hour is largely dependent on how we choose to think and behave when we improve our awareness of the relationship between thoughts, behavior, and emotions, it becomes easier for us to regulate our feelings and moods. We need to know and understand that we had bad traits and toxic behavior too. It's not always others. And when you recognize your bad habits and acknowledge them, you can begin to work on them and become a better version of yourself for those around you and yourself. Self-awareness can also help you become more confident in your ability. Getting to know yourself better includes getting to know your strength and your talents. This can help you become more confident. And lastly, self-awareness can increase productivity. When we become more self-aware, we can easily distinguish between short-term impulses or desires and long-term values and goals. I see so many people say they suffer from procrastination and what I realize is procrastination isn't really lack of effort. Most of the time it's interference from ourselves, from our inner self. Improving self-awareness can help eliminate many of these hidden obstacles to productivity. And I have a few tips for you Uh, through my studying and working with my own personal coach I came across different techniques and I just wanted to share with you guys five techniques that I have found To be very effective for me and my coaching clients in order for you to become more self-aware So number one, I really encourage you guys to gain self-knowledge Get to know who you are I would like you guys to take a personality test. I'll put a link in the show notes in the show notes This test, um, if you answer it truthfully, will reveal to you who you are and help you to get a better understanding of yourself. I mean, we as women, we go on dates and we'll be asking males like, what's your favorite color? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? But we've never really taken time out to ask ourselves what's our weaknesses or to gain a self-knowledge of who we truly are so i urge you guys to go on a date with yourself ask all those questions that you ask other people and get to know who you are my second tip is you need to spend time in self-reflection self-reflection is really important in my book the art of cleaning which is available to purchase on amazon i actually have uh, a couple of um, exercises for you to do to gain some self to, to to self-reflect one of the one of the exercises that I urge everyone to do is what is called the narrative the narrative identity this is where you kind of like look at your life and see where you have failed and see where you have done so well in your life so you know when you look at your failures then you're able to see what did i do wrong how did i contribute to this failure and then when you did good what is it that i did good what is what is it that i did to you know to achieve this um this thing that was so great in my life and what can i do to continue to have to to have more wins in my life so self-reflection is really good you can also start journaling this is also important uh journaling is really a game game changer when it comes to self-awareness make notes on how you feel day by day make note of any stress triggers or behavior patterns that you spot on and you need to be honest when you're journaling you know see what triggers you what did you do to contribute to like an argument for example what did you do what what could you have done better? So I really recommend that you start journaling. It's really important. The third tip is you need to clarify your values and your beliefs. Values are what you believe matter most in your life. Everyone's values are different. Some common values include success, friendship, intelligent, family, respect, financial freedom. It really varies with, uh, with each person. As children our parents and our teachers pass their values on to us and we live our lives based on what they have taught us is important but as adults we must determine what is Im- important to us what is important to you not what was important to your parents remember your parents were their own per- their own person they were their own people and most of them never really said these values they were just going with the floor so you need to sit down and write down your values and i think we're going to be covering this this topic in future episodes because i really think it's important for you to set your values i did the exercise which is in my book with my kids a couple of weeks ago and they set down their values and i told them you know what now that you've set down, you, you've set your values. Make sure they guide you. Whenever you're in situations that you are unsure about which decision to take, always look back on your values and make decisions based on what is important to you. Don't be pressured by others. Don't be pressured by society. Don't be pressured by anyone. Always make values, make decisions that sit well with your own values. And my fourth tip for you is get to know and get rid of your limiting beliefs. You have certain beliefs in your mind that hold you back from living your best lives. Your limiting beliefs could be thoughts such as, I'm not good enough or I'm ugly. I don't deserve that level of happiness or this guy is out of my league. Limiting beliefs are often installed in our minds by our family, our friends, media or the way we were brought up. It is 100% not your fault that these beliefs exist in your mind, but it is 100% your fault and responsibility to take steps to remove this. I will have another discussion and topic to discuss uh, identifying and getting rid of limiting beliefs in a future podcast. And lastly, I urge everyone to do some self-evaluation so you can know what your strengths and weaknesses are. You can also get feedback from your family and friends and your colleagues sometimes we need to see ourselves through the eyes of the others to get a clear view you know i call them blind spots i think our family and our friends if they are good friends don't get you know (laughs) don't be getting um advice from frenemies get friend get friends that really want the best for you to give you advice again i have exercises in my book uh, that you can do to self-evaluate yourself you know when people are setting up com- companies they go through the SWOT analysis they look at their strengths, weaknesses threats, and they work with what they have and try to improve their weaknesses i think we need to do that with our personal lives too and i cover self-awareness in depth in my book the art of cleaning which i said like i said is available for you guys to purchase on amazon and i will include the link to the personality test in the show notes so please do start working on your self-awareness and once you've taken the personality test, I want you guys to go and share your findings on our Instagram or on Facebook group is Coaching for African Women. So that's it for the self-awareness. But anyway, as promised, me and Kanye are going to be discussing self-awareness more. So I'm now going to be joined by kanye Kanyisa, I'm going to give you a brief introduction to Kanyisa and I hope I do her justice because she's such an, she's an amazing woman. So Kanyisa is a clarity and liberation coach. Her belief is that without vision, people perish and also ambition without action is a waste. Kanyisa uses these two core principles in a coaching practice, causing a client to develop clarity and begin to work on their lives with vision and purpose. She helps people get clear on what they want and facilitate their courageous efforts in getting it. So, guys, help me welcome the awesome Kanyasa. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I am doing well. I just actually finished a session with a client,
0: so I'm a little in some (laughs) coaching energy. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure we'll really benefit from your insights. So I just wanted you to tell uh, listeners a little bit about your background, where you grew up and everything that you can you, you feel comfortable sharing with us.
1: Of course. Well, I'm an open book. I share what is needed to help people grow. But I am from South Africa. I'm from a small town called Dala in the Eastern Cape. Um, I was raised by my grandparents and when I was 13 years old I was actually introduced
0: to my real parents and um, I had wow so how did that happen so you said you were raised by your grandparents yeah well I
1: mean if you most of our listeners are from Africa right so I'm very comfortable sharing this because I feel like they'll understand it Mm -hmm. Within the African context, if a child is born out of wedlock, that child belongs to the mother's parents. Mm -hmm. And they raise the child as their last born. So I was such a child. But
0: did you know
1: that,
0: did you know or you
1: knew when you were 13? I sort of knew when I was like 10, 11, because it's a very small town and people talk. And Mm. I would hear people say things like, oh, Vierga's child has dimples or something stupid like that. And I was like, why are they calling me Vierga's child? She's my sister. Mm -hmm. And then the more I would hear it, and I started putting two and two together at a really young age where I was like, my grandparents are too old to have a child my age. (laughs) Mm. I was this young kid who had really old parents. It just didn't make sense. And um, But so when I was 13, my father wanted to meet me. And so they had to tell me who my parents were. And so they could introduce me to this man who was then my dad.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That is such an interesting story. So it actually fits with what we're talking about, because we're talking about self-awareness today. Mm. So how did that make you feel like, were you, I guess you, you kind of like were very confused about who you were, Growing, growing up, well, it kind of gave
1: me the sense of not really belonging anywhere, and mm. the reason was that my step parents were not happy. Uh, my stepdad was a very terrible man. My stepmom was a very unkind woman, and yeah. when I went to my grandparents' house, I had this awareness that well, this is not really my home. This is my mom's home. So I was I was sort of like floating, not really grounded anywhere because I just I felt like there was no that I truly belonged and that,
0: must, that yeah, must have been a weird experience
1: it really is and now you know with coming into myself in the journey that I'm doing with my healing is having to confront those feelings and understanding how they form how I function in relationships now because mm-hmm. if we don't look at ourselves and say, why do I do the things that I do? Why am I always feeling like I shouldn't be here or people are going to leave, right? Those speak to abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. And if we don't understand where those are coming from, then we'll keep repeating them in our present relationships, having that fear of not belonging, not being good enough or being abandoned by the people that love you.
0: Mm. so yeah so how has been your journey so far maybe you can talk us through to when you kind of like decided when you when you knew when you were introduced to this new life mm. how did you handle it how did you process it because it must have been tough like as a 13 year old it was really tough
1: <laughs> i do not see this interview going this way but i'm i'm, I'm here for it uh okay. it was It was really tough because, you know, not only was I introduced to my parents, but then there was also the dynamic of my father lived in Johannesburg in a big house and was very well-to-do. And my mom was struggling, her and her husband. So I would always have to cross these paths between poverty and doing well because my parents, no one could really have me for, for a long time. I would have to spend school vacations in my dad's house. And I went to um, school where my mom, in my mom's town. And mm. so I would always have these two conflicting realities
0: of, mm.
1: you know, between poverty and wealth. And I think that also played such a big part in how I relate to people like it's very humbling to come mm. in and out of of poverty and seeing like people who are supposed to raise it doing well but you are struggling in life mm-hmm. and so and that I was too young to understand all of that and to mm. be I, it just didn't make sense to me at all I was like why doesn't he just take me? He can afford me. But then my stepmother didn't want me, you know? So mm. it was, yeah, it was really, really hard. And I feel like those are things I, I, I do a lot of, um, not a lot of, I'm starting to do these talks on parenting and wanting to help parents understand that trauma, the trauma that we need to heal from as grown-ups, that trauma starts when we are children,
0: of course and it
1: is introduced to us by the par- the people who are responsible for us if you mm. If you talk to a lot of people, their trauma is either caused by teachers, parents, but it's always some for uncles, aunts it's always some form of authority
0: it is it is, and it's like they say the people that are close to you are the ones that hurt you most oh, because I would remember what my mom did but what my teacher did I forgot about it I mean it can come in passing yeah but whatever the people that you love and you you look up to the most are the ones that you that 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 seem to evoke those emotions on you most
1: well because those relationships are so important to you those are the relationships that you treasure the most Like Mm -hmm. those are the people that you most don't want to disappoint. So even as you are forming your identity and as you are forming, like I I was listening to your video about um, self-awareness and you articulated it so beautifully that we are raised to form our identities based on what are people going to say? Are people Mm. going to approve of who you are? Yes. And
0: I, yeah that, that that's so true and I think we 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 discussed this um when we're when we're doing our coaching and I think that's 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 almost a challenge with us as Africans isn't it because yeah. if you look at the western cultures like I raised my children my children lived in the UK and now they live here mm-hmm. and they are very independent so whereas we, I am very our cultures are very dependent. So we care mm. a lot about what other people are going to say. And it, it, it's kind of like hard to, to then find yourself if you're always trying to please other people. Yeah. Mm. And, and
1: you know, what hurts is, is that detachment of saying, you know what? I know this is going to hurt, but I'm going to choose myself here. Mm. And what comes with that self choosing is, you know, you disappoint family members, you lose family members, you lose friends. You, Mm. it's, it's a really painful process. And I think that's Mm. why a lot of people don't actually even do it. You know, that's why we, we have people who are in loveless marriages, right? Can we go there real quick? We have people who... (laughs) who are in very cold, uh, I don't want to use the word abusive. Um, I I try to be really careful with that, but I want to say that we have people who are in relationships that are not working, but stay in those Mm. relationships because what are people going to say if I leave, right? It's
0: funny that you, you, you've touched on that because that is something that I personally experienced, Mm. I think when I was in my marriage, I kind of like knew that this marriage is not working for me. Mm. But there were so many factors I had to consider, and those factors never involved myself. It was what are the kids going to say? What Mm. are my parents going to say? You know, Mm. I'm a PK child, my mom Mm. is a. My mom is a pastor. Both my parents were <laughs> pastors. So, yeah. you know, they have all these things that they preach in the church, like divorces mm. is forsaken. It's, it's not meant to be So I had to, my, my, in my mind, it was never whether I knew this wasn't good for me or bad for me. I knew that this relationship wasn't good for me, but mm. I cared so much about what people were going to say. And what my parents were going to think about me. Yeah. And I, I find that with most of the African women that I coach, we are so worried about what people are going to say. And
1: that's all of us. Mm. Like, I, I want to include myself. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm out here being enlightened and shit. No. that mm. That is all of us. That is... I stayed in a relationship with someone who was like, I'm done. And I was like, come on, stay with me. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I was so afraid of what people were going to say. And on top of everything, now we have social media, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we present our lives on, this, on these platforms to be a certain way. And when that image is threatened... Mm. and what threatens it the most is that what will people say if I don't have this anymore because we use those relationships to identify ourselves
0: we to validate to to
1: validate ourselves Mm -hmm. you know it's like
0: what am I without this person exactly and not even what are you but what will people think i am without this yeah. person it's never really for i don't know for me it's never been i think it, i've always kind of like known what i wanted yeah but i i realized that it wasn't until my last relationship that i realized that oh my god i really really care about what people think yeah it wasn't Until maybe a month after I had actually decided this is not for me, that I actually had the courage to go on social media and delete my ex's pictures. Yeah. And it was crazy because people are watching your every move. Like when you post pictures, some people don't even like your pictures. But the minute I deleted my phone, it was ringing Oh my God! They people that I had, even people who don't speak to you. Yes, <laughs> Well, for me, do you know what was crazy
1: for me? Because I'm a lesbian, right? And mm-hmm. when I came out, I lost a lot of my church friends. Mm. When I post, and they they just like didn't talk to me because you know do not be equally yoked with unbelievers. I, but I um... want to
0: speak to you about that. Okay. Like <laughs> I want to speak to you about that. I wasn't sure whether you were comfortable discussing it. That's why I didn't Girl, raise I it. I
1: am out and proud. Let it be known. Uh,
0: yes, sister. <laughs> yes, sister, as you should be. Yeah. So I wanted, I wanted you to talk us through about coming out as an African. Because I always feel like if these small decisions makes us terrified, mm. if we are so terrified of little things like I've, I've, I'm have pregnant or I want to dye my hair. I remember mm. when I had to have piercings in my ears, <laughs> I was so scared yeah. of what my mom was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can just, can you just talk us through like what it was like? In fact, I want to know when you knew and mm. what it was like for you coming out from an African context.
1: So there's layers to this, right? And I, and mm-hmm. I hope everyone who's, listening to me and is either closeted or is, is trying to figure out like, how do I actually own this part of myself within this African context? The layers are this culture and religion. Mm. So African families, especially mine, were deep in both. I came out, I knew I was gay when I was... <laughs> The very, you know, when you have that one memory that always stands out for you, mine was, oh, wow. I was at a prayer meeting. I was very, very religious when I was a teenager. Mm. Very. I spoke in tongues. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah. And there was a church prayer meeting on a Friday night. And I remember being like, and you know, they would be like, oh, go in a corner by yourself and talk to the Lord. And I was at this corner by myself and I was crying. and I was like, please, God, don't make me be gay. And I was mm. just, because I was already, like, at that age or even younger, you already sort of know, like, oh, this is where my attractions are going towards. Like,
0: mm.
1: How old were you? When I was ch- at church praying, I was 15. Um, mm. But I think I knew when I was, like, four- 13, 14, where I was just, like, I don't really want to kiss boys. But it sounds like mm. it's something I need to be doing to be a woman. But mm. I don't really want to do that, <laughs> you know? I'd rather kiss my girlfriends and um and some of those uh, female friendships were a little, little too intimate not like in the sense mm. that we were making out or whatever but i just like felt her closeness to them where i was like oh this is i don't think this is allowed you know mm. and um and so when i came out i came out when i was much older actually i um So when I went to university, I went to university in Cape Town, I was still within the church and I was still a practicing Christian, but I always questioned religion. I questioned how, you know, the Bible speaks about women, Mm. right? I questioned, I was like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Why is Paul saying those things? And then understanding then what the Bible, what it said about homosexuality now if anyone is out there being a christian i want you to know that this is my personal experience this is of not course. like i'm not speaking to everyone and when that questioning came up and i was just like and the very first girl i dated was also a very christian woman and the sad part about that is like there are so many closeted Christian people in the church, especially in Africa, and they get mm. to and, and they just like retire to marrying men and having kids. And it's really sad. It's 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 sad to watch. But her and I were both Christians and it was it was hard because we'd be together during the weekend and then go to church and cry and apologize to the Lord. When I was 25, that relationship ended and I moved to South Korea to teach English. And that's when I came Mm. out. And the way Mm. that I did it was sort of like, well, I'm far from home. Honestly, that's the honest truth. I was far from home. And I was at an age where I felt like I didn't really need anyone. Like Mm. I was paying my own bills. I was living in a different country i didn't really need my family i needed their love but what i just felt like whatever if they choose to be in my life or not it wouldn't hurt me in a way that it would hurt a young person who can't provide for themselves and take care of Of themselves yeah and so when i came out i was in south korea and i was just like first i came out to god i was like dude you're going to have to love me just (laughs) like this, or we call it quits. And then um, when I came out to my family, the very first person I came out to was my aunt, who's very Christian, and she told me I was going to hell. And um, yeah, that was
0: hard. So you were literally um, closeted for almost 10 years. Yeah. So how was that, like, living? So basically you were just not being yourself like you had to pretend when you're with your family how was that like I, for I you?
1: wore so many masks I always say that like chameleons ain't got shit on me because mm. you know people are like oh you're such a chameleon you change when we shape shift as human beings we're not changing out we're not shifting our outsides we're not changing who we're on the outside it's more painful because we're shape-shifting from the inside mm. and you have so many masks that you wear for so many different people and that's of what course. that's what I was doing I would have to pretend that I had a crush on a boy and I'd be like please mm. don't even come and talk to me or you know I would, I would have to feign interest in like heterosexual lifestyle that I just didn't have any interest in being with a guy but to be accepted in my um, circles, I knew that that was the mask that I would have to.
0: Mm, that must and have been hard.
1: It is really hard.
0: Mm.
1: But also, what is also hard is that when, when the masks come off, you realize that shit, that mask was protecting me from this
0: mm. the
1: rejection, the hurt of being rejected by family and friends. I came when I came out, I came out to my dad a few years ago and, you know, I was, I was at home with my partner and he refused to meet my partner. He was like, I'm a traditional man and I don't meet my children's partners. And I was like, well, then you don't get to hang out with me because I will choose myself over and over and over again, Mm. even if it hurts. I will never not choose myself.
0: Of course. And that is because obviously you've done a lot of work on yourself when you've come to to love and accept who you are. So how was that journey for you? Did you was there any point that you you tried to fit in? Was there any point that you thought, oh, let me just maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong? Did you ever have any doubts at some point that maybe I should try harder to conform to yeah to what everyone expects me to be all the time
1: even like even when I got to Korea I got to Korea and I was still hiding it took me Mm. months to finally come out to myself to fully like I knew I was gay but to fully come out to myself it took me a really long time I was still out there in little short dresses girl and little skirts and freaking like lo- like, big earrings that it's not that's not who I am at all but I knew that I had to keep up that persona so that I don't lose the people I loved Ugh. and you know when you choose to like I, and that is also I call it self-abandoning because when you are in a situation where you're like oh well I'm just not gonna be myself so that I make everyone else comfortable then you are abandoning yourself. Of course. You know?
0: And, and I, feel, I feel like that's, that's, that's a lot of us, though. I feel like yeah. that's a lot of us African, especially African women. I, I mean, I don't see the pressures being put on the men. I don't see men having so much. I don't see that much expectations no. on no. men because even when I was growing up, there was so so much expectations on me and my yeah. sisters than there were on my brother. You have yeah. to learn to you, you cook. Had to cook for you him. have to learn you to... Had to iron his clothes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, oh. you have to learn. You have to you have to prepare. You you can't. They're preparing us. My mom would my mom would say something in Shona that I never forget. She would say, uh, "The way you act, you're gonna be returned. You're gonna be returned. Yeah. You know, like." you know when you get married and they're not yeah, you be, they return they'll say
1: back to sender
0: back to sender so <laughs> so everything my identity was almost on this am I gonna be a good wife yeah I think I would like to say I'm 42. I would like mm. to say for the first 40 years of my life that was my mission. Yeah to, to be, be a good wife, a good wife to be married they start you from
1: such a young age of don't I remember when I started growing boobs, and Mm. in Kosa they say, um, and that means the cows are coming up. Oh, Mm. you know, the girl is growing, the cows are coming up. That means, oh, she's getting boobs. We will get lobola soon.
0: Of course. We will get
1: the bride price
0: soon. The bride price, the cows are coming.
1: The cows are coming, (laughs) you know. And from a really young age, you're like, oh. I need to work to bring the cows. When Mm. you you turn 10, oh, you're going to get such a good husband. I remember my aunt would give me their rings and say, oh, look how nice your finger looks with her ring. Mm. You're going to make it. And then when I was 15, oh, you're going to get married. Who are you going to give your lobola to? Who's going to get your cows? Like the messaging
0: prepares you to be a wife. And I spoke I spoke this in the introductory po- podcast and I, I mentioned that there were never life lessons when I was growing up. Mm. There were never lessons about, okay, this is what you need to do to... I mean, I speak openly that I, I have anxiety. It's not mm. something that I'm ashamed of. Mm. But when I was growing up, I had this condition. And because my my parents were very religious, so everything was really the devil is the devil. If, you, yes. if you're suffering from anything, and I I, I, I I don't blame them because they came from a different era and all these things, we are learning it. Like I said, I only just started, it's my work when I started studying psychology and life coaching that I started knowing how to control my thoughts and all these things. But I hate you. that our identity was fixed on us being wives but they don't
1: teach their boys how to be husbands
0: yeah but isn't it said that we we could have been we could have had other talents but yeah. it seemed like the focus when we we're growing up were being a wife like that was the biggest compliment oh if someone yeah. comes to your house and say oh this one can be my in-law it seemed like such a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh our kids are gonna get married to
1: each other they are five exactly like talking about
0: i just find it so crazy because my obviously i'm raising kids but you know i still have my african friends and when they come in they say that to my daughter my daughter hates it oh. mom why does your friend always try to hook me up with i, I try to say no they're just joking that's a culture <gasps> i find you so offensive you know she doesn't <laughs> ask like, me anything <laughs> She doesn't, she doesn't say how I am. She, she doesn't, doesn't ask me yeah. about my my plans for the future. She just yeah. thinks I want to get married. But that Oof. is the way we were gro- we were brought up and Oof. it's 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 no wonder why a lot of us just lack self-awareness. Yeah. So which brings me to my next question to you. Mm-hmm. What what have you done? What did you have to do to become self-aware to know who you truly were, to to understand your yourself your thoughts your your everything your mind to understand that this is this is what goes with Kanye. this is what i like what was that process for you what did you have to do to get to a point where you truly know who you are mm-hmm. and you know your values and your beliefs and you, you you're confident in them
1: mm. well i i think the the first thing for me was being okay with like I said earlier, being okay with the consequences of being self-aware. Because if you're not, if you're going to be like, oh, I'm self-aware and then I'm not ready to accept, what does that mean to be self-aware? Because for me, self-awareness means this is who I am. This is how I present myself to the world. These are my core values. These are my principles. These are things that I hold dear to heart. And when I'm in a situation where those are not accepted, I am okay with not being invited. I will not sit at a table that doesn't fully embrace who I am.
0: Mm. Right? That is so powerful.
1: And I will not change to make other people comfortable. Mm. Like, I'm not going to change who I am. Like, I think that's why I led with lesbian here, because I am done changing myself because i'm worried that i'm going to offend offend anyone Mm. or that people like there's this beautiful saying that i love it's like i'm not going to change who i am so that you are comfortable in your prejudice of Of who i am right and Mm. so when i started being like okay this thing of being self-aware it's beautiful like dude i can read self-development books for hours i can just sit and 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 taking the information But Mm. what has been more powerful than just reading is applying it and saying to be self-aware is to do A, B, C, and D. And that's been powerful for me. And also when we talk about, you know, our childhood traumas and stuff, I did go to therapy for a little bit. And that also helped me understand, like, why I function the way that I function. And mm. to sort of go back into when we had our call yesterday, we spoke a bit about this where I had to say, okay, now that I'm self-aware, let me go back to my childhood and extend compassion mm. and, and grace to the people mm. who raised me
0: of course. and understand
1: that, you know, my parents, my grandparents, my grandmother was a prison cook. My grandfather was a priest of a poor church and, They had no access. They had no way of helping me with, you know, I was a very uh, withdrawn child. I liked being alone. I cried at everything. I was those child. I felt everything so deeply. And Uh... the word for that is empath. Mm. But for them, they're like, "Oh my God, Kanisa, it's just a story on the radio. Why are you yeah. crying?" <laughs> you know? but, yes. But we would be sitting around as a family listening to stories on the radio, and I would just cry at because they were so sad.
0: Mm. And
1: but they didn't understand it. And now that I do, I, I, part of my healing of my trauma has really been able to find compassion for the people who raised me. I still struggle that like
0: is, my that step.
1: Is, <laughs> yeah, that is such ahead.
0: a powerful thing because um, it's to find grace, isn't it? You have mm. to find grace for, for people that hurt you.
1: Mm. And you
0: have to also understand that it wasn't their fault. Because when I was diagnosed with anxiety, I went and I confronted my mom, like, You remember that time when I didn't want to go to school and I would eat and I I would have hives and I, it it was because of this. Why did you then, because my my mom sometimes would slap me because I, she didn't understand Mm. it. And my mom was honest enough to say to me, do you know what? I didn't know. You actually teaching me. And she was what in the sixties then when we had this Mm. conversation and she was like, I don't even know what anxiety is. So wow. I think that, that is that is always gonna be we grew up in a generation where our generation was exposed to stuff, but our yeah. parents weren't. Because I no. used to watch TV, I used to watch Falcon Crest, I used to watch Dallas, and I used to see the, the moms hugging their kids. And I yeah. love I, I wished my I would look at my mom and think my mom doesn't love me because she doesn't mm. hug me, she doesn't kiss me. But mm. now that That's I That's not older, what they do yeah it's just not they were they were from a different generation yeah they were and you under have priorities to yeah we and, have to. and if we if,
1: if we don't we will carry the pain of course right? we will keep victimizing ourselves and some yes. of us i'm gonna go here real quick some of us refuse to do that because we like being victims of our past mm. we like having people to blame we like being like, oh, I'm like this because my parents did this to me.
0: Mm-mm.
1: I'm like this because that person did this to me. But what I'm learning now and where I'm growing and where I help my clients is to say, there is empowerment in being responsible, even for the things that you didn't do. Say, I'm of responsible course. for my response to that.
0: I am responsible
1: yes. for my healing.
0: That is so true. And I I, I, I saw a quote somewhere that said... You are not responsible for what happened to you as a child, yeah, but you're responsible for reconditioning your mind Absolutely. so that you can be a better person yeah and that is that is why I love coaching because I had some issues with people for years for years there were there were grudges that I was holding on to, hmm. but when I started my, my my journey to being the best version of me. I had to go and do some exercises mm. that helped me to forgive those people and to let it go and to kind of like understand where they were coming from. Mm. Because we 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 need to understand like you, you need to have empathy for others and you need someone to guide you, which is why I love coaching. And I recommend everyone that doesn't have a coach to get a coach because you yeah. need someone to help you. Girl, to understand stuff. Support. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you need someone to, to guide you, to make you realize that it's not always, it's not always, it's not always other people that are yeah. wrong. My mom may not have hugged me, but that wasn't because she didn't love me. It was yeah. because her, lang- her love language was just different from what yeah. I expected as a child. Her love language was providing for you. Of course. And praying for me. And praying didn't for buy you. I get by her prayers. Like, yeah, now that say I'm that, older, girl, I, I say I, I, I say, thank you, mom, for praying for me because I know your prayers yeah. is the reason why I'm yeah. where I am. I say that my mom died
1: when I was um, 17 years old. She was diagnosed with HIV and AIDS. And oh, I'm sorry about that. No, thank you. And she was like such a born-again Christian too. And, you know, now I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious at all, but I pray and I meditate and all these things that are good for my spirit. Uh, Mm. Because I do think we have to pay attention to our spirits, right? Our our higher selves. Uh, But I still say, I'm like, yo, I'm still getting by on that woman's prayers. Let me tell you, there are things that those prayers are still saving me from today.
0: And they played, they definitely played their part. The fact that we were not homeless, the fact that we had, we went to school, we had food on the table every day. You have to, because, you know, as you get older, you meet some people that were abandoned by their parents. You're like, wow, they may not have given me those hugs and all these things that I had seen in the movies, Mm. but they really tried their best. They tried their best and, and, and
1: with, and you know, they did the best they could with what they had. Mm
0: -hmm. That is so true. Mm. So I wanted to ask you, what Mm. tips would you give for women, Mm -hmm. um, straight or gay Mm. for being more self-aware and staying true to themselves?
1: Mm. I love this question. And I, and I think that two are interconnected. Mm. And I say that in a sense where you can only be true to who you are when you know who you are.
0: Mm.
1: The one does not work without the other. Because you can't stay, tr- you can't be self-aware and not stay true to who you are. Because then we are dealing with self-abandonment issues. Mm. So I think the the tips that I can give is to first find out who you are. Who Hmm. are you outside being a mother, outside being a wife, outside being a partner, outside being a sister? Who are you when all these things have been stripped off of you? Some of us use these things to define who we are. Mm. we use these relationships. You know, have you ever met a woman who said, I don't even know who I am without him. Or I don't Mm. even know who I am without her. Or, you know, I have one of my really, really good friends who's struggling with, what am I going to do when my kids grow up and leave? Mm. Because I don't know who I am without my children. Everything I do is for my children. And so I think if we as women can self-identify and self-define as ourselves outside of the relationships. If we can be selfish, right? Yes. We come from a society, the African society looks down on you for being selfish. Mm. My first tip, I guess, would be to say there is absolutely nothing wrong with being selfish. Because if you are not selfish, you are pouring from an empty cup because Mm. you are not taking the time to take care of yourself. And everyone that you are taking care of, you are giving them an exhausted version of yourself. Yes. But if you can take time to take care of yourself, figure out who you are, then they are better served that way because then Mm -hmm. you are giving them the best of yourself. And... There's also this, the reason I'm a clarity coach is that people don't know what they want. Have you ever asked your clients, what do you want? Yeah. Every single time I've asked that, women say, I don't know. I I don't know. There's no, there's no clarity, but people know what they don't want. And I think we can even start from there. Well, then tell me what you don't want so we can figure yeah. out what it is that you what want.
0: What you want. Yeah. And, and why do you think it is like that for women? Because I don't see that with men. Men seem to know what they want. Is it because of this idea that we always thinking about pleasing other people before we please ourselves?
1: There's that. And also, hello, let's talk about women should be seen and not heard. Mm. We are silenced at a very young age. We are told not to speak or stand up for ourselves at a very, very young age. We are told to not take up space. Have you noticed how we sit small with our legs crossed and and neatly put together? Mm. Even our body language silences us.
0: Mm. We don't
1: allow ourselves to take up space, right? And so if women can learn to expand and take up space and say, you will hear me. And you will see me. We're doing both today, boo-boo.
0: Of course.
1: (laughs) Especially the African. I remember I was sitting at a restaurant with my friends and we were laughing. We are in high school and this nurse came in and she was all in her nurse, you know, nursing outfit and you could tell she was really proud and she turned to us and said, women should be seen and not heard. Oh, wow. And she walked out. Mm. And so you have Women, we are also secret keepers, aren't we? Yes. And part of the secrets that we keep are centered and cemented in shame. Mm. We are taught to keep very painful things. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone he beats you. Don't tell anyone this happened to you. Don't tell anyone you were raped because that somehow reflects bad on you. So we are also raised at a very young age to be secret keepers and shame loves secrecy.
0: Of course.
1: So there's so much that we need to at the base and the the very core of who we are that we need to break away from and to sort of surrender into being self aware and saying, you know what? I'm done keeping secrets. Mm. i'm I'm done being this person who pleases everybody it is girl i've done it it is so tiring to please everybody yes because even the people you are pleasing they are never satisfied
0: of they course keep taking so keep wanting and taking and taking yes. And, yes. and
1: you just feel drained and taking mm. and taking and you never have time to pour back into yourself
0: that's very true well, yeah. I have really, really enjoyed talking to you,
1: but Me I just too. wanted to
0: ask for people that are listening: what services do you offer in your coaching business, and mm. also if you can tell us how people can reach you if they need. I'm sure there's someone that's been inspired by your story and would maybe love to speak to you.
1: That would be amazing. I offer an eight week um, coaching package for for individuals who. Want to start beginning the, the work of getting clear on what it is that you want.
0: Mm. And I, is that on a personal or on a professional or is it a mixture of both?
1: It's a mixture of both. Okay. Because and we have to think about life and intersectionalities, right? Everything is joined together. If you're mm-hmm. not doing good in your personal life, your business is going to fail. That is psychology standard. No argument there. That's how that works. Yes, you know you have to learn to be to to balance life out. And so my coaching focuses a lot on that. I am also um, going to start working with parents and and focusing on children's mental health, like I spoke about at length today, um, because I do think if we, I really want to see an Africa or even a world where. Kids don't have to suffer the way that we suffered. And that starts with working with parents and in finding ways to parent that are not destructive.
0: That is very true. I remember listening to um I don't know if you saw a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago actually, uh Lorraine Hill's daughter came out and was explaining the abuse that she she suffered at the hands of her mom mm. and I just remember like she's our age mm. I mean I have different parenting tips from my parents mm. because I I didn't like the way they parented me mm-hmm. so I wouldn't think that in our generation we're still doing all this manual punishment that some of some people went through when they were younger mm. and I was really surprised to Someone like Lauren Hill, that she was subjecting her kids Whoa. to that kind of... So, yeah, I think Whoa. definitely we need to change the narrative. Our generation needs to change the narrative.
1: Well, the thing is, our generation likes to say, oh, I was hit and I turned out okay. No, we are not okay.
0: No. We did not turn out okay. Mm. So. Definitely. Yeah. I would love you to come back on the podcast and discuss the parenting... In detail, because I think that is such a—that's the other thing. We just have children, and yeah. we never taught how to be parents. Yeah. So we're just doing what we saw being done to us, and assuming that that may be the right thing. So I would definitely yeah. love you to come back and discuss more about the work that you're doing with parents, because I think that's really I so would, powerful. I would, I
1: would love to. I would love to well, do can that.
0: You I love you so much and you. thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Oh, just before this is you where, go, I just want people to you... get me. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. How can people reach you?
1: My email is coachingbykmgmail.com um, uh, and I am on Instagram, Kanye samnyak, or you can drop me a DM then we can, we can talk from there.
0: Okay. I'm going to put everything in the show notes, Okay, um, your details and how you can be rich. But I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story. Your story is very inspiring. And I wish you the best in your coaching business. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Girl. We'll talk soon, All ago. right, All right. Thank you. Bye. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this session on self-awareness. A big thank you to Kanye. Please reach out to her if you need help with gaining clarity in your purpose. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you have any questions, please email me at lifecoachtendai at gmail.com. You can also follow our Instagram and Facebook pages. It's all at Coaching for African Women. If you'd like to learn more about myself, please visit lifecoachtendai.com or follow me on social media. I am at lifecoachtendai on all social media platforms. Until next time, make sure you get some self-awareness and always, always, always put yourself first. I love you so much for listening. Goodbye.